need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Welcome to the China Business Cast. This is your host, Jan Slemmer, and today we're going to be talking about getting started and growing an F&B franchise in China. And why not following the company's SOPs or guidelines can be your key to success in China. So for this episode, we spoke with the expert restaurant opener, Tony Long, now based out of Shenzhen. Tony is a general manager for uh, Marche Movenpick in Shenzhen. And with over 20 years of experience in the food and beverage industry, Tony has helped countless of established brands to localize their F&B franchise into new markets. As a little bit of context on Marche Movenpick, they have over 83 restaurants and hotels in 24 different countries, and they're employing more than 10,000 employees worldwide. So in June 2018, they opened their first flagship store in Shenzhen, China. And in today's episodes, we're going to dig into that uh, process. So we're going to be talking with Tony Long uh, about the process and the challenges that he faced when he was opening that uh, first flagship store in Shenzhen and how he found the right team and marketing partners and why sometimes it's better to skip the company's SOPs and guidelines when entering uh, into the Chinese market. So let's get the show started and tune in to learn more about how you can start and grow an F&B franchise in China. Well, hope you enjoy, and let's tune in. Today, we have an interesting guest on the podcast again. So we got connected through uh, Daniela Santana, a previous host on the podcast. And so therefore, today we have Tony Leung uh, with us today. And we're going to be talking about uh, the things he does in the food and beverage industry in China. Welcome, uh, welcome, Tony. How are things going? Uh, what's the problem? Thank you, John, for having me. Um, everything is fine, yeah. Everything is good. Awesome, awesome. So tell us and the audience a little bit about what, what do you do in China? What is, your, what is your connection? How did you end up working in China? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, okay. My name is Tony, and uh, I'm from Singapore originally. I'm here in China. Um, I'm actually, I represent the Movement Pick Group. And uh, Marshall Movenpaker is uh, spearheading this uh, franchise uh, in China. So uh, I was moved here last year to uh, actually uh, start a new flagship store in Shenzhen. Uh, we, just, uh, we just opened our first flagship in, uh, in June last year. So uh, yeah, I'm here to uh, spearhead the whole uh, you know, franchise for Marshall Movenpick, you know, hopefully we'll get to Shanghai, Beijing and other cities as well. Yeah, so the, the Movenpick group is, you are a, a chain of restaurants and, and food and beverage um, uh, places and you're a franchise um, around the world and now you're also, you're working on scaling that franchise in China, correctly? Uh, yes, uh, actually, Machine Movement Pick uh, is a global uh, food service company that uh, does develop uh, innovative uh, food service solutions. And uh, we operate uh, restaurants on highways and airports and zoos in, uh, in Europe. Also, um, this company, um, the Fish Roots, uh, implements the you know, high-quality freshness standards. Uh, and we are in 10 different countries. Okay, awesome. 
So I think for today, the topic is can be really interesting to learn how to uh, how to scale a franchise globally around the world, but then maybe specifically what kind of challenges there are for for China. How do you go about of setting up a franchise from a um, effective perspective, from a legal perspective, from an operational perspective? So th those are some of the questions I want to uh, dig in today. So how, how did this whole franchise get started, maybe as a little bit of background? Uh, for me or for Matei? Um, both. That's just well, your oh, take yeah. on okay. it. I have been uh, in this uh, food and beverage business for uh, 20 years. You know, I started uh, bartending, you know, chef and, and, and things like that. So um, I uh, currently... Um, what I did uh, is, uh, as a restaurant opener, I I did uh, a lot of franchises for for, for different different uh, franchises, and uh, I've been to opening in Hong Kong, Philippines, and uh, Jakarta, Malaysia. You know what I do most is um, I, I bring the that concept to to the country, and um, you know adapt to the culture of, uh, of individual countries. So I set up the restaurant from scratch and implements all the processes uh, from languages or from, you know, as, as you know, franchises is not like a cookie cutter. No? We don't copy and paste. You know? Adaptation is very important. Mm. So, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Mache uh, has been operating in Europe for, for a long, long time. And we have uh, offices in Singapore, and also in Indonesia as well. So we uh, are very excited to bring this uh, brand new concept to, to China. Yeah, so you started in Shenzhen in the last few years. Yes. And how, how did that process... Mm -hmm. Shenzhen is our flagship store. We just opened up last June. And, and how, how was that process? How did, you, how did you get started with... Uh, or how does it differ from starting um, a restaurant or a chain... In China versus um, the rest of the world. Well, uh, it's Mache is a totally different concept. You know, um, it, it, it has like sixteen, uh, sixteen small little uh, individual station. You know, in one in one restaurant. You know, so it's it's like uh, you can get into Mache and, and all the different different food. You can have salad. You can have pasta. You can have chicken, steak, or dessert, and everything is mixed into one. So we want to be, Mache wants to be like a, a marketplace restaurant where we can bring the, everything to, you know, whether you're three years old or you're, you're, you're 60 years old, so watch planet and, and bring this um, overall concept to, to the Chinese uh, consumers. And how, how did um, did you do any market research on how to match this to the Chinese consumers? Because um, of, course, of, mm -hmm. of course we did, and uh, we we actually searched for this place uh, for two years. You know, we have been flying in and out and looking for a right location, looking for a right mall to be in, and eventually we found this uh, very nice mall to uh, in Shenzhen. You know, just just know that this has to be. So let's talk a little bit more about that location. How did you select that location? What kind of criteria did you use um, for that location? 
And were those any different from criteria as used um, in in other countries? Well, um, we choose this uh, model of Asian because um, it's, it's like a it's like a park, you know. It, it's like a standalone mall, but it's surrounded by uh, two of the Chinese national parks, which links it to the mall. And um, Shenzhen is a very health conscious. We have very a lot of health conscious people. Which, You know, on, on weekends, you see everyone that comes out and, and goes to the park and, you know, all, all the families. Mm -hmm. And then this links this to the mall. And we think that this is very ideal for a Mache concept because we, is very family-oriented. And um, when choosing this mall, the only thing different is um, with other countries. For this restaurant, the only thing is we can't have fire in the restaurant. We, we can't have gas operating. So, so everything is By electric, you know, so we have to take our recipes, we have to take our ingredients a bit, you know, just to get, um, we probably want the same flavor everywhere in Europe or in Singapore. So, you know, there's a lot of tweaking here and there. Very, very interesting. And and yeah, why, why, why are you not allowed to use um, fire or gas? Because, well, I see that everywhere in China. I don't know so much about moles. Is that a, that's a thing in moles everywhere in China or just that specific mole? Yeah, it, uh, nowadays in China, we have, we have very, very strict, uh, you know, uh, rules and regulation. You know? um, it, it depends where you are, like, for instance, in, in, in Beijing, you know, you, You can't you can't have a restaurant anywhere except at a com commercialized area where you know they they gave you certain amount of uh, electricity or, or, or things like that. So um, if that that area has reached the limit of the, the electricity capacity, you can only wait out uh, when someone move out or or you must uh, recalibrate the whole electrical system. So in Shenzhen, it's also the same. Um, this mall is, is more like a, uh, they want to make it uh, more uh, safety and uh, friendly, uh, fire friendly. So that's, that's, this, this mall is all about electricity. Okay, yeah, very, very interesting. That must be quite a challenge yeah. for, for the chefs to move away from traditional cooking i assume to to fully electric cooking for at a larger scale uh yes uh as long uh when we when we, we tweak all the recipes and, and do our training and introductions um i think they're pretty fine but i think um a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, it comes from training and how, how we educate yourself yeah yeah so Well, while we're talking about staff, how do you how do you go about finding the right employees or finding employees for for the chain in in China? And um, do you use any processes differently or other criteria? Tell me a little bit. How did you guys go about that? Well, um, as you know, hiring is hiring the right employee is a very challenging process. So, um, if you what what we feel like we we. When we do our hiring first, um, we, we do a lot of research and, and, and interviews and things like that. We know that hiring a long employee is very expensive and costly to the work environment. So um, when we did our employment um, process, um, first of all, we, we did it 
uh, in, in Singapore through interviews, through Skype. And when we get the right candidate, we always have a call team. We send the whole call team to uh, Singapore for, for training. There's an existing, we have uh, five restaurants in Singapore. So we bring the Chinese staff to, to Singapore to do the training uh, for two months. And uh, when the course staff uh, have uh, completed their certification, we send them back to China, and that's where we we start hiring the local uh, uh, rank and file. And that that took us like a half a year to actually, you know, on complete this whole process. I see. You first start with with fully trained staff that you have trained in this case in Singapore. And then they become the leaders in, uh, or the role models in in the restaurant. And then you start adding more local um, employees to the mix. Uh, yes, we train our call team in Singapore, like the, the restaurant manager, the food manager, all the, the team leaders, which we think is very important. That's why, uh, although it's a very costly process, but we think this for this concept, uh, it's, it's totally different. So we want. To have the leaders have a few of um, yeah the culture of mache uh, restaurant business. Got it, got it. Um, very interesting about yeah. uh, that, that core team that you train um, outside of China. If it's, right. if you take it to maybe a little bit more marketing kind of side or promotional kind of side, um, China has a very different ecosystem in terms of like everything than than Singapore or Europe or America. Um, what, what do you guys do to promote a restaurant in China, and how did you approach that differently than uh, in Singapore in, or in Europe? Uh, well, as you know, in China, everything is through, you know, uh, WOM, is word of mouth, and, and have, they have more social media tools than, than I think anywhere else in Asia, you know. Everybody is using WeChat or uh, Meituan or Tianping to actually uh, push the restaurants. And in China, uh, we are no different, you know. We, we do a lot of uh, uh, word of mouth uh, from from our guests and we, we do a lot of WeChat posts, we do a lot of uh, SEO, search engine optimization. All, all, whatever we can get our hands on, we do it. Because, as you know, uh, this is our first flagship store and um, it's, it's, it's a totally new concept, I think, uh, in China. So um, we want to have this branding out to um, actually educate and show what uh, you know the Chinese consumer what we are. So how, how did you how did you go about branding yourself or positioning yourself? Do you um, well, you mentioned some of the the main platforms like WeChat and, and Weibo as social media. But then for in the food uh-huh. business, like Meituan and uh, Jamping Dajong, they, they are like the big food-related platforms, right? How, how, did you, yes. how did you build your presence? Did you, did you hire an external partner to help you with that? Did you hire a team? Or are you doing everything on your own? How, how does that work? How, or what kind of advice can you share with uh, the audience for that? We actually hire a marketing company to do uh, all this publicity for us. And um, because um, we are pretty new in, in China, and I think we need this extension of service. 
uh, to actually build out our brand. Um, we are we are very familiar with the Marche brand, but to go into a country and to actually uh, know their culture is a totally different story. So we, we actually made the experts in all this process. So where where for the staff you could train a core team in Singapore in this case for the for like this, the the marketing and the promotion especially on the social media you felt you had to go with local um, with a local team or a local supplier to provide assistance for that to to get that going do I understand that correctly yes so. How did you find someone to help you with that? Uh, is it is it easy to find uh, a promotion or marketing um, external party that to help you, or or how does that work? Uh, we're we're pretty stringent in, in, in selecting who does the marketing parts. So uh, they have to go uh, a training. They have to do a training process with us. Also, they have to know our brand. They have to know our you know culture, and we actually do the. The person in charge to Europe and to Singapore to actually have a one-on-one -on -one training. So, like, we we know that this is very important. So, uh, hence the cost and, and, and things like. Very, very interesting. That so basically, you use the yeah. same process as training your core team. You use that um, in a similar way for. Um, selecting and then engaging with the, the the marketing vendor to to get them more familiar with the brands, have them come over and do trainings as well. Uh, that, that's that's yeah, a, that's because, interesting. Um, yeah, our belief is you know you have to know the culture, you have to know the brand before you actually work here. You know, we are not like a uh, you know any any kind of restaurant, but Marche is a huge. Huge marketplace restaurant. You know, uh, we have uh, 800 square feet of uh, space, and um, some of our restaurants is like 1,008 square feet. So, um, our restaurant is pretty big. Very, very interesting to hear. Cool. Uh, how, were there were there any any challenges very specific to China that you came across when you're starting up this chain in China? Like what? What maybe some with local governments, or you said something about fire regulations. But I guess that was a new challenge. But any anything else that is worth mentioning? Uh, for me, because I've I've been in China for uh, on and off for six years. I was in Shanghai and different kind of the cities, uh, but not for Marche, for another brand. Mm -hmm. So I know how how um, the system works. You know, it's, it's actually very easy that's, that's to follow. Nowadays, it's, it's, it's very clear cut that uh, which li license to apply and uh, which license to get. But the main thing, I think, the, the, the whole challenge is all about adaptation. Um, nowadays, people think that opening a, a rest, opening a restaurant is easy. Yes, opening a restaurant is easy. But opening a franchise restaurant is, is a totally different story. Um, investors think that a franchising restaurants, you just take uh, um, some some restaurants in, in Europe or in the US and then we build it into China. Um, but it's a totally different kind of ballgame when you open to a new culture, open to a new taste, new concept, and different people. So... 
it, it's all about adaptation and the right people hiring the right people. So uh, tell, tell me a little bit more about how you went about that adaptation. So I, I see that in, in my own business as well, foreign companies coming to China and not adapting or not willing to adapt or not able to adapt quickly enough. But what kind of what kind of things do you do internally to um, have that adaptability in your in your DNA? What kind of things do you do to make that work better for you guys? Uh, first of all, the training of the staff. Uh, we have a set of uh, SOPs in, in in Europe and in Singapore that uh, our, our recipes, as I say, um, that we have to follow strictly. But uh, I I actually persuade. You know, our history that this doesn't work in China because, you know, uh, first of all, the languages. We have a whole set of uh, uh, different kind of language, German, English, and everything, except Chinese. So, first of all, we have to translate everything from English to Chinese to teach, you know, the the stuff. And um, adaptation to the case, um, for, for instance, in, in China, it's all about the, the five. You know, they, they, they like they like it sweet, spicy, bitter, sour, and we, we tweak everything. We we, we we tweak everything to, uh, to 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 suit their taste. You know, in in, in Europe, you have a different kind of uh, taste bud, but here is the spiciness. They they like the spicy food, so we we actually tweak all the recipes from from. Uh, we make more rice dishes and more noodle dishes for for the Chinese people. So it's all about the adapting of the way how the local culture thinks, and also about the surroundings. Got it. So for for the audience, you mentioned that, uh, an SOP for the audience who maybe is not aware of that term. It stands for standard operating procedure or standard operating process. And that's basic, uh, yes. basically a document that describes how to execute a certain process, right? Right. Um, well, the, the owner can buy all these processes, but whether it dies in your country, um, well, that's why you, you need the right person to, to actually handle all this stuff. Yeah. You know, when McDonald's or Kentucky first come to, to China, you know, they, they, they do their own adaption also. Now they have porridge, they have, uh, you know, the dough fritters and they have everything. Yeah, so you, you have to let go of your original standard operating process and, and, and adapt it or change it to, to the local context, the local culture, the local language and the local surroundings to make it work for, for the new environment. Yes, and um, coming from a franchising uh, you know, experience is very hard to persuade uh, someone or, or the owners or the franchise uh, franchisor to, to actually let go of this and, and come in between. Because, you know, um, SOPs, you know, the standard procedures is always there and they want you to actually follow 100%. So there's a lot of convinced, convincing, there's a lot of uh, communication going on. So yeah, that's that's a bit of challenge. Do you do you think if you would have been as successful as you've been so far, if you were way more strict on the 
original SOPs and, and less adaptable to them? Would that have affected your results in, in China? Of course. Uh, if, if, I, if I do this, then I might, I might, uh, I, I might have more, uh, how do I say this? Uh, I won't have as much local uh, or, or, or Chinese consumers as I wanted now. Because my location, uh, the surroundings, it's, it's not like a CBD area. It's, it's more of a, a you know middle class people. So when 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 I first do all this uh, adaptation, I can see the results of more and more uh, local Chinese consumers coming to our restaurant. Let very very good, very interesting. Let, let's talk a little bit about. Um, those consumers, how do you see them for the future? You said they're, they're, they're middle class. What kind of developments or trends do you see over the last few years? You, you mentioned you've been in China for, for up to six years or in or around China for six years. What did you see changing in that consumer group and, and in particular in the, the food and beverage industry? Uh, I can see that there's, there's a lot of people that um, the consumers are now looking for trendy, healthy, safe, you know, all this um, food restaurants, you know, they, 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 they are more conscious of, you know, safety issues. So what, what we're trying to do right now for Bache is uh, we present, because our whole restaurant is an open kitchen, just cook everything in front of the customers. And they choose the products, and then we cook it on the spot. We don't have a menu. Um, we, we do everything from scratch um, in the morning, and um, everything ends at night. And the next day is a totally uh, new morning, and we do everything uh, by scratch in the morning, also from bread, pizzas, or even our pastas. So I think this is very important for for the new new age Chinese consumers, you know. Um, safety. I think they they see what they eat. I think this this is also basically their thinking, and they like to have um, more more changes. You know, um, they don't like um, uh, they don't they don't like to be const, uh, constantly having the same thing. So, uh, Mashe is a good brand, as in we, we do not have a menu and we 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 cook whatever is fresh and in season on that month. And we present it to the guests. So every time, every day, they come to a restaurant. Every, you know, all the dishes are totally different. Yeah, that, that's very. I think I've seen that as well. So um, if you talk about uh, the Alibaba, the the Khoma supermarket, where you just pick your food as well, and then someone cooks it for you on the spot, um, and then you can take it away or you can eat it in the supermarket. That that's a similar kind of trend, maybe to what you're describing. Yes, and also about um, AI. You know, every everybody is using uh, technology to, to incorporate uh, their restaurant. Mashe is is also the same thing. You know, when you come, it's, it's like a cashless uh, restaurant. When you come in, you, you get a card. It's, it's like a mission card. So you go to different counters. You just you know scan your card, and they give you the card back. Everything is on a card. So after you finish uh, your meal and everything, and on the way out, 
just use your card to settle everything. It's like a, it's like a supermarket, you know. Less less hassle on payments and and you know you can enjoy everything and then after that you pay. Is that a is that a China specific solution or do you use that same solution in in the other chains around the world in in Singapore in in Europe? Yes, yeah, all the same processes in, in Europe and in, in Singapore all the time. So in Singapore and Europe, you also use the same payment solution. You use the car to to get in the restaurant, pick what you want, and and uh, settle the bill in the end. Yes. Okay. So a cashless, as, as as I mean, is you know because China nobody carries a wallet anymore. Nobody uses cash anymore. Every everything is from the phone. You know, it's so easy to to operate. Oh, that's why I was asking because that, like, in, I'm from Europe, so in Europe is very much still very cash or at least credit card yeah. based. So that that is that's also why I was Singapore, wondering. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that that sounds very very interesting. Um. How about uh, the f- the future? Are you guys expanding, or you well, you mentioned you want to expand? Uh, what what are the plans for that? Of course, um, we would like to um, keep another few locations. You know, um, as you know, this uh, first flagship in Shenzhen. Uh, we're actually looking at other cities as well. Um, when, when? We have. Uh, we are not. We are not uh, rushing into things. Um, we want to plan. You know, ahead what to do because um, this is a big franchise, and uh, we are always into preparation. When um when you're looking for expansion, um, I think it's like what you said. You're you're taking your time. I think that's a that's a vital thing as well. Not trying to rush and and making the right decisions. But my my question my, my question is for the for the expansion. Are you looking mostly at tier one cities or tier two cities, or you're also looking for um, smaller cities? Like I'm based in in Chengdu, which is a tier two city. Um, but or even even smaller. What kind of what kind of ideas or, or plans do you have for the franchise in that respect? Actually, we are we are very open to bring the concept to you know tier one or tier two cities. You know, um, as you know, different uh, this concept. We are very confident that will work uh, everywhere in China because, like like what I say, even even though you're three years old, uh, sixty years old. Um, everybody will enjoy this family-oriented restaurant. So it's, it's possible you'll, you'll see us in Chengdu one day. <laughs> I hope so. Let, let let me know when you're here. I'll definitely uh, swing by. Of course, of course. Okay, I th- I think we covered a, a lot of lot of things. Are there anything um, other things that you would like to add about um, the experiences that you have gained in China that could be valuable for the for the audience? Uh, I would say China is a it's a very, very interesting market. You know, you can't get the China experience uh, anywhere else because um, every day is a complete, uh, totally uh, different challenge. You know, uh, so I'm I'm just very excited to have this brand in China, and hopefully we can, you know, expand to uh, more parts of the city soon. Awesome! It sounds great. Well, what kind of ways people can reach out to you if they have any question, or maybe they want to collaborate or learn more about what you do? What's what kind of ways could people reach out to you? Uh, they can 
follow me on my uh, LinkedIn account. Uh, there's an email and, and everything is there. My number is there in China and, and things like that. All right. Search for me. Yeah. All right. That sounds sounds awesome. Um, we'll we'll link that in the show notes so people can find your LinkedIn profile and uh, and get to see more about what you do and, and contact you if they want. Um, thank you so much, Tony, for for sharing about your franchise and um, it was some of the things were insightful for me um, to to get to know about this industry. I actually, don't know too much about in in China or in general. So thanks for that. Well, like. I'd like to thank you too, John, for this opportunity. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.